Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Well, hi, it's Christy Lay here and welcome to episode number 133 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Today we are tackling a topic that I think for many small business owners and small businesses, they think is something they don't need to worry about. And it's a topic for, or it's a HR strategy, I guess, for big corporates and large businesses only. But I'm going to dispel that myth for you today. Because today I want to talk to you about the key elements of effective onboarding. Now, onboarding, have a think about that. What what does onboarding look like in your business? I'm really curious to know. Because in my experience working with small businesses particularly, so I work, for those new to the podcast, hello and welcome, I work largely with businesses who aren't large enough to want or need internal HR. Uh, So quite often the businesses I'm working with have anywhere from two to around 50 employees, sometimes up to around the 100 mark. I have worked with many businesses who were much larger than that and still chose not to have internal HR, but the vast majority of businesses that I work with have between 10 and 50 employees. And at that size, many businesses just don't do onboarding or do some very, very odd, basic um, shell of onboarding. And today I want to dispel the myth that onboarding is only for big corporates. And in fact, I want to share with you why it's even more important for us as small business owners. So are you ready to dive into today's discussion on onboarding? I hope so. Because I know for you know many people and, and members of People Powered HR share this with me all the time, they really want to get this right. But because they're not a big business and they don't have necessarily the the tech stack or the 55 people to handle this for them, they're a little confused about how to navigate onboarding in a small business. And onboarding is part of an employee's journey in your business. So inside People Powered HR, we teach the journey that every employee takes in your business. It's a framework that I've developed after working with businesses for more than 20 years, and it's called the People Pathway. Now, people is an acronym. Our businesses are powered by our people. But in this sense, people is an acronym. And the acronym stands for plan, onboard, protect, leverage, and exit. And onboard is a very strategic and specific step in the journey that I have chosen to call out in this framework because it is not something that you should be forgetting about. In fact, you skip onboarding And you're almost doubling your chance of that employee leaving your business in the first one to three years. Now, if you're hiring in the current market or in any market, hiring is no easy feat. Finding someone awesome to join your team is not simple. I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to all the effort finding the right person. And when I say effort, cost, time, energy, attention, all of those things, I will absolutely want to make sure they're going to work out in my business. But for many business owners, they don't see onboarding 
as part of that success journey. And I really want to share with you today why it is so important. So we're going to chat about three things. Why and how onboarding is your only chance to make a great first impression and why that matters. As I said, we're going to dispel the myth about why onboarding is not just for corporates and in fact, why it's even more important for small businesses than it is for corporates. Although anyone from corporate listening, still very important, don't skip it. And I'm going to share with you the four fundamental elements to effective onboarding that absolutely anyone can do. And these elements are like building blocks. So like when my kids were younger, they loved those timber building blocks where they would create castles and rocket ships and all those kind of things. For many kids, it's Lego. It's like that. You can't have the fancy parts of onboarding if you haven't done the fundamentals. And these four elements are the building blocks of effective onboarding. So I'm going to share them with you because they're four simple things. And in fact, I'm going to throw in a bonus fifth one that any of you can be doing. It's that simple. So let's talk first about why and how onboarding is the only chance you get to make a great first impression. Look, you've heard the saying before, you get one chance to make a great first impression. And the psychology statistics out there tell us that we make decisions about what we think about people, what we think about places, scenarios, environments in very, very rapid time. And in fact, the time's getting shorter and shorter as our attention spans get smaller and smaller. So we have one chance, one single chance to make a great first impression when it comes to new people joining our business. Now, on a previous episode of the podcast, I've spoken about this important pre-start zone, this high-risk pre-start zone, where we do want to start to make this great first impression. But what we're talking about today is that moment from the first day they walk in the door to the office or the factory or the showroom, or they log in for their first day of online virtual work with you. That is where the real crux of onboarding in the sense we're talking about it today really starts. And there's some stats that I want to share with you to demonstrate the value of onboarding. Stats from the Society of Human Resource Management, which is effectively the American equivalent to the Australian Human Resources Institute, of which of course I am a member, Stats from the SHRM show us that the first 45 days of someone's employment with a business account for 20% of worker turnover. So what that tells us is that one-fifth of all people that are going to resign are going to resign in the first 45 days of employment. And it's usually, well, it's definitely always about the onboarding, and it's usually because there's been some kind of mismatch or misalignment between what they expected and what happened when they got in the job. And it's often because they didn't feel supported in an onboarding process. We know through clickboarding, which was a 2020 study, employees who engage in a structured onboarding program are 69%, you know, just let's sit with that, 69% more likely to stay with that organization for at least three years. 69%. That's like, massive. It's just such a huge stat. We know from Sapling HR that poor onboarding experience doubles the likelihood that the employee will leave to find another position. Doubles. And that's stats from 2021. These are recent statistics. And 
again from the Society of Human Resources Management, 20, 25% of a company's new hires would leave within a year. Within a year, one quarter of people will leave within a year if the onboarding experience has been poor. Now, whilst a lot of these stats are American statistics, I can tell you through experience, through studies I've looked at here, through everything I know, the same applies in Australia. These are not, these are universal statistics. Human nature tells us that onboarding is critical to someone's engagement in a role, their likelihood to stay, and it really is the quickest way to get someone up to speed fast. So if you think about a role that someone's coming into in your business, let's say without onboarding, it might take 12 to 18 months for them to be working at full capacity in that role. And that is not unusual for a lot of positions. When you add onboarding into the mix, that could bring that 12 to 18 months down to three to six months. It can have that much of an impact on the speed at which someone is performing at their best in the role that you've employed them for. And I see what I see play out often with the businesses I'm working with is that there's this expectation that someone's going to walk in the door on day one and be productive, profitable, proactive, and working at their full capacity in their role on day one. That is never going to happen. Even someone who is an ex- experienced operator in the role they're coming into is going to take some time to settle in. They need to know the lay of the land, the rules in your workplace, how you do things, how you communicate, how the different equipment works, what their colleagues are like, what the expectations are. These are all things that onboarding delivers. And the quicker and the more effectively we deliver those things and get the employee engaged in their role, the quicker they're going to be working at full capacity. So it's a little bit like an upfront investment in a long-term benefit for the employee, but also, very importantly, for your business. Now, I do understand the misconception that onboarding is a faffy HR term (laughs) that should only exist in big corporates and large businesses because they've got HR teams and, you know, they want to stay employed, so they're going to make up things like onboarding and orientation programs. And in your defence, I will agree that in some cases internal HR are looking to support their existence in the organisation and sometimes are putting in place things that the business does not need. However, onboarding is not one of those things. Onboarding is essential. You do not need to have a HR person in your business in order to effectively onboard your staff and in order to have a really good, thorough, structured, strategic onboarding program in your business. And onboarding is even more important for small business than it is for large business because every time you turn over a team member in a small business, every time you've got a slump in retention or you can't retain people as long as you want, it impacts you as a small business at a far greater level than in a big corporate. If one person leaves a 1,000-person organization, the impact is not the same as when one person leaves a 10-person organization or a 5-person organization or even a 50-person organization. So every time you churn a staff member in a small business, the impact is felt greater. It impacts the team. It impacts productivity. It impacts you as the business owner because quite often you've got to jump back in It has far wider reaching 
impacts than it does in a big business. So not only is it, I should say, essential for you not to avoid onboarding, it's critical that you really focus on this. The smallest things can make the biggest difference in getting someone on board fast, fully engaged and have them retained in your organization. So let me share with you the four fundamental elements of effective onboarding. And these are things that any of you can do right now. You don't need a budget for this, which is always good news in small business, isn't it? You do not need mountains of time. You do not need a specialized individual to deliver this for you in your business. These are four building blocks to onboarding that you can do right now. Now, where where these have come from, this four C's, they call it, of onboarding was actually developed by Dr. Taylor Bauer, who is a member of the um, Society of Human Resource Management, which I referred to earlier. That's where those statistics came from. And she developed this strategy many, many years ago. So it has been tried and tested in organizations all over the world, and it is considered best practice when it comes to onboarding. So let me run through the four elements quickly. As I said, I'm going to give you a bonus fifth one as well, but let's start with the core four and then let's work through how they build on each other. So the four core elements of effective onboarding are compliance, clarification, connection, and culture. So four C's, compliance, clarification, connection, and culture. Now, I want you to picture those wooden building blocks that I was talking to you about earlier. Compliance is the first block we lay down. And for most small businesses, that's the only block we lay down when it comes to onboarding. So many small businesses that I work with think they're doing amazing onboarding when they get someone to read a policies and procedures manual. That's just compliance. It ain't onboarding. So compliance is important. It is an element of effective onboarding, but it is the lowest level. And if we only do compliance, it's flat. There is no takeoff. There's no uh, push for this person into the business quickly, up to speed, working at high capacity. This is base level. So this is the lowest level of onboarding. And this is the basics. It's giving them the policies and procedures manual to read. It's getting them to fill in the payroll paperwork. It's really the basics. And for many small businesses, if they do this part, that's it. They don't do the rest. Some of you will be doing a little bit of block number two, which is clarification. Now, clarification is all about ensuring that the new employee understands their roles, their responsibilities. They It, it might include getting them up to speed with upcoming projects that they're going to be working on and clarifying how their role fits in to the business as a whole. Now, some of you will be doing elements of clarification. You might be providing a position description. You might be doing some basic level onboarding training where you're explaining the role to them and giving them clarity about where their responsibilities lie, maybe where their remit around uh, decision-making starts and ends. And you'll be doing a little bit of this. So clarification is the next building block above compliance. It's really important. And if if that's the next thing that you need to implement, I highly encourage you to do so. From an employee's perspective, clarification is key. We know that what our team want from us is they want to know what's expected from them and how they're going against those expectations. Clarification tells them what's expected of them. 
it is actually really important for new employees joining our business at any level to have this sense of clarification because until they've got this, doing the next two pieces, the connection and the culture actually becomes really hard because there's uncertainty. There's uncertainty about can I do that? Can I not do that? Am I allowed to do this? Is this beyond my decision-making remit? I'm not sure what's expected of me here. And when there's doubt in a new employee's mind, that escalates in their in their mind. Think about it for yourself. As soon as you've got doubt in your mind about anything, you start to second guess yourself. And I think we get worse as that at that as we get older. Things that I remember a couple of years back, um, the, the whole family went to treetops, that adventure park. There's lots of them all over Australia where you're swinging on like high ropes and um, flying foxes and all these kind of things. Now, in my mind, before I arrived, I was going to nail this because I'm pretty fit and healthy and I'm not scared of heights. Um, so I, I thought I'd be fine. On about the first obstacle, <laughs> obstacle my kids laughed a lot, um, I became less sure, I became less clear about how I was going to get this done because it was way harder than I thought. And I lost that clarification, that sense of I know what I'm doing here because I didn't know what I was doing. And that plays in your mind and it spirals out of control. It's like anything you have doubt in and then it becomes harder and harder to pull back. So clarification is so important to helping our employee understand what's expected of them and how they're going to meet those expectations. So clarification is the second building block. And until you've got these first two in place, it's really hard to build the next two on top of this because they're the foundational pieces. But you don't want to stop at compliance and clarification. You want to move to the next block. And this is really where the magic starts to happen for me. This is connection. This is kind of, the best way I can explain it is, this is how we do things around here. And this is really important. I think even more important when an employee is coming into a business where they've done this kind of role before in a different organization, a different company. And the way you do things is going to be different. It will be, absolutely. This connection around how we do things around here, this is what we're like, this is us getting to know each other at a deeper level, especially from an organizational perspective, is so important in an employee, again, feeling part of, because we all want to feel part of the tribe, right? Connection is the step in the onboarding that creates that. So this is where they're touring facilities, One of the strategies I love to use in the connection aspects of onboarding is getting a new employee to spend time with every key department, or if it's a small team, every key person in the team. Can be 10 minutes, can be an hour, can be half a day. You know, it's going to be different for all of you, but this creates that connection. It also helps them connect where their role sits compared to others in the business. And they get a feel for the language, the communication styles, the expectations, the flow of work. They get connected to where they fit in the organization and how things are done. It's really important to start to bed that in as early as possible because if you wait till month three to start this, it's too late. Bad patterns have formed, bad um, habits have remained, and it becomes harder and harder to wind them back. So connection is the next step, and it is absolutely critical. And If you've got nothing in place now, if you get to step three in connection, block three in connection, that's a huge step from where you are right now. So that would be definitely where I'd be going. And the fourth and highest level is culture. And this is where 
I like to say they become part of the furniture. This is where the employee becomes someone like you can never have imagined not being with you. They develop relationships with people within the organisation. They feel like they are part of a tribe. And that sense of belonging is critical to retention. We know it's intrinsically linked to retention when we have that part of the tribe sense amongst our team. Um, They've obviously now at this point in the process um, met everyone in the business, feeling like they're belonging to every part of the business, particularly their own team. Um, They might be doing some formal and informal training and other activities. They might be doing social activities like if there's a team lunch, they're not going to sit back at their desk. They're definitely going to be there at the team lunch because they're that much part of a team. Um, And this is another great exercise that you can do at this culture stage, which I really love, is assigning a bit of a a workplace buddy or a go-to person. Now, some people don't like the word buddy, but you get what I mean. It's that person that can bridge the gap for them. If they're unsure about anything at all, they can go to this person and say, hey, where do I find this? Who looks after that? I'm unsure. Um, Can you give me some help or direction? Or I just need to bounce something off you. They don't have to be a mentor or a coach or a manager. They just have to be someone that is their little buddy, because I can't think of a better word, that uh, that helps embed them into the culture. So, They are the core four elements. I'm going to share with you a fifth bonus one in a moment. So compliance. Yes, let's know the rules. Let's read the policies manual. Let's fill out the payroll paperwork and make sure we can pay you and have your super details. Important, but really a very basic, basic starting block. We then get to clarification. What are they responsible for? Where do they sit in the big picture? What are we expecting from them? Then we move to connection. This is how we do things around here. Who's who in the zoo, spending time with all the key departments and understanding where their role fits in the giant machine that is your business. And fourthly, culture, getting to the point where they feel they are part of this organization, part of this team, this is their tribe, and they are part of the furniture. And the fifth bonus one, now, there are variations that have been added to this model to create a fifth bonus one. Some call it confidence and others use check-in as the fifth C. Now, I particularly like check-in because you can think you've implemented all of this, but unless you've checked in with the employee, particularly through those first few months, things may have been lost in translation, or you may think things are going fabulously and they're feeling disconnected, or they're not sure about the culture, or they're lacking clarification. So checking in to make sure everything you feel you have delivered, and that is fact, is in fact the case, is critical in those first few months particularly. Onboarding, guys, is not a one-week, one-day, or one-hour event. I see onboarding as the first three to six months in a business. Now, I give you that range of three to six months because it does depend on the role in the organization, but it is definitely not hour one, day one, or even week one, or even month one. It is a much longer journey. And there are so many different things you can do that talk to one of these four building block elements that are compliance, clarification, connection, or culture-driven. These are just the big picture thinking. How you actually bring that to life in your business, there are a million options out there for you. You can get creative. You can make it really unique to your organization. And in fact, doing that makes it even better because it really connects people with your culture. 
So like I said, they're like building blocks. You can't go to culture if you haven't bedded down compliance, clarification and connection. You've got to get them all done. But conversely, you can't stop at compliance and expect to have someone effectively on board it. They all are critical to having someone on board. So to recap what we've chatted about today, onboarding really is your first and only chance to make a great first impression. And it is the number one way to get your new employee up to speed in their role fast. Most small businesses think this is just HR faff for big corporate businesses, but it's not. It is even more important for you as a small business than it ever will be for a big corporate because they can take the churn. Small business struggle with churn and rightly so. Every time someone leaves, the ripple effect is felt across the organization in a small business. So you want to minimize that and onboarding is one of your best friends in being able to do that. And any of you can right now implement these four fundamentals to effective onboarding. You might be ticking the compliance box already, but are you going further? Are you clarifying? Are you creating connection? And are you embedding culture? I'm willing to bet most of us don't do all four of those effectively right now. So start small, take a step forward. Think about how you can start to work these in the next time you bring someone into your business. And I guarantee you, It's going to have a positive impact on your business, your culture, and your staff retention. I hope you found that a useful discussion. I feel like we could do like a series of episodes on onboarding. It is such an important, important topic. If you've got questions about onboarding or you'd like to share your onboarding experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly are all welcome, I'd love for you to join us over in our free Facebook group, which is called HR Support for Australian Businesses. Um, You can search that in groups or just uh, click on the link in today's show notes, which will be available wherever you are listening to this podcast. That is it for me for today. Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast, and I can't wait to chat to you again next week. In the meantime, have a fabulous week.